Hi, I'm Peter Martin from Purple Martin Games, general designer on Level Up, and you're listening to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. This week, Morris, PJ, and Jessica discuss the Hasbro layoffs and how they affect Dungeons & Dragons and the RPG industry as a whole. In the news, Baldur's Gate 3 has an advent calendar with bonuses, and rumors of a Baldur's Gate TV series on Netflix, Paizo and Type 40 are kickstarting a Wayfinder Complex replica, and more! Plus, a brand new sketch about the four horsemen of the modern apocalypse. This week on Morse's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. The Imperial Opera House is this week's sponsor. Get yourself down there and listen to people warble and screech their way through obscure foreign languages, achieving notes never intended for human consumption. You are guaranteed not to understand a thing, but they do sell nice ice creams at the interval. Wait, what? They don't sell ice creams? What sort of outfit are they running there? All the tabletop role-playing news We aim to amuse and we aim to enthuse And Morris is unofficial tabletop RPG Hello, 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 and welcome to Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG talk. I am Russ, aka Morris, or Morris, aka Russ. And with me this week, very jet lagged, is PJ Coffee from the Southampton Guild of Roleplayers. Russ, as ever, I am delighted to be here, although I am experiencing time in a new and exciting fashion which mm. is sort of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey, handy-wavy stuff. And joining well, us... Well, if you fall asleep halfway through the show, we won't blame you. Thank you. I appreciate that. If I may continue my introduction of the person who some might describe as uh, just reaching the edge of glory, keeping yourself on edge or keeping yourself off the edge, it's the one! It's the only! It's me, Jessica, from EN Publishing. And that was inspired because we were just having a very interesting conversation about different web browsers. Yeah. That... Which we won't regale <laughs> yeah. with. Interesting. It's... That's that's a low <laughs> word. It's a stretch. conversation. It's a stretch. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> just anyway, to give right. context. Let's, uh, let's, let's do a little bit let's of uh, no news Rooney. <laughs> yes. Oh, good idea. I mean, what there, news? There's not much news. There's not much news at all. But the week. news that we have is... Uh, big news. Yeah. Okay. Let's start off with some smaller news. But that's okay. Really small news. It's, okay. That's uh, good news. Did you know Kaz the Minotaur? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I yeah. know Peter is familiar with Kaz the Minotaur. Are you? Are you uh, I don't know them personally, just, no. I, I, I read books like a long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Sort of thing. Yeah. So this is a character in Dragonlance. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's a Minotaur, obviously, called Kaz. I mean, because Crid- Kriddish Minotaurs, for context for listeners who might not be fam- as familiar, and probably also for Jess, is basically your yes. d Minotaur is a big hairy monster that goes raw mm. and smashes through doors. Mm. A Dragonlance Minotaur is on a much smaller svelter scale and is part of, like, uh, a Minotaur Empire, I believe. Yeah. Uh, and they're very much more... Yeah, with quite ro- Romanesque trappings and a lot of seafaring. Mm, mm. Mm. Yeah, so, like, you know, very, like, authoritarian, militaristic, and super into their sea travel. Mm. And Kaz, of course, yeah. is the good minotaur that deviates from their awfulness. Yes, Kaz, Kaz is the drizzt of, uh, of minotaurs, I guess. Right. Yeah. Oh, right, yeah, yeah. okay, because it's got that okay. lovely... <laughs> okay, bioessentialism. Uh, 
So there were two novels years and years and years ago. Yes. Um, about Kaz. One was called Kaz the Minotaur, and the second one I can't remember what it was called. Hmm. But Richard, Richard A. Nark. Uh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um. So Richard A. Nark wrote those, and uh, last year announced a new project hmm. uh, with the return of um, his character Kaz. Hmm. Finally, on DM's Guild, mm-hmm. has appeared as of this coming weekend, I think, December 16, 17, is that this That's Saturday that, yeah. and Sunday, yeah. Ooh. Yeah, or in PDF and print on demand. So now, if you're listening uh, to this. Yes. Yeah. Is going to appear, mm-hmm. this project, finally, with a classic Jeff Easley cover. Mm. I haven't seen it yet, it's not on there yet, because we're recording on Friday, so it's going to be appearing tomorrow. Mm-hmm. A new a new project. It's called the Journals of Kaz the Minotaur Lost Colony. Hmm. Okay. It's for 5e. Yep. Mm-hmm. Obviously, because it's on DM's Guild. Yep. He's working with the Dragonlance Nexus, or has worked mm. with the Dragonlance Nexus in order to, to make to make this. Uh, yeah, I, I, especially yeah. what I can say because I haven't seen it yet because it's not it's not actually there. But um, okay. by the time uh, by the time by the time you hear this, you can go and have a look and you know find out. A lot more than I actually know just by looking at it, I guess. Sounds good. But there you go. There's Castle Monitor is appearing on DM's Guild yes. tomorrow, our time, today, as you're listening to this. Or in the past, most likely. Or in the past, depending when you listen to it, yes. So, anyway, if you want to read a 5e thing about a monitor, there you go. Another, DM's Guild, go check it out. Another thing we can talk about, which isn't really news, but it'll be upcoming news, mm-hmm. is that nominations are open on EN World for your most anticipated RPG of 2024. My most anticipated mm-hmm. RPG? No, not yes, you, the listeners. The Russ Morrissey's <laughs> most anticipated RPG. I was saying you, I was talking to the listeners, not you. <laughs> care for your opinions. Oh, I um, see. Yes, right. <laughs> there is that an article. Uh, oh, Russ, do you want to talk about it a bit? Because you do this every year. So do you want to... I do do this every year, yeah. Yes. So every, every year we do a big, massive poll and thousands of people vote and stuff and we find out what the most anticipated RPG of the upcoming year is going to be. Mm-hmm. And in past years, we've had like Blade Runner, and we've had um, uh, Savage Worlds Adventure Edition, Dune, mm. Pendragon was last year. Yeah. And we're going to find out what is the most anticipated RPG of 2024 again. Mm. So, nominations are open. Pop on over to EN World. There'll be a, a, a link in the show notes. You can post a nomination, and then all the nominated products will go into a big poll, and people can vote, and then we announce them in the new year, basically. I, I imagine thirteenth age second edition will be quite popular. I know I'm expecting that. Also, mm-hmm. I suppose Tales of Valiant might also be be up there. Yeah, yeah a lot maybe. of people back that. Yeah, and the MCDM. Yeah. That's yes. not coming out till twenty twenty five. Yeah, yeah, that, that that's going to take a while. Years, to make. Well, then don't vote that one, then people. No, you, you can't. Vote you that. can if you like, but yeah, you, well, you, you can't because it's not eligible. You spend all of twenty twenty four anticipating it. Yes, I am anticipating yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, but we're not anticipating yeah, yeah. it being released in twenty twenty four because well, the publishers... I someone might be. I mean, well, I was apparently. <laughs> I, I was. They'll be sorely disappointed, but they might be. I yeah, that was me. You just yes. described me. Um, uh, oh, we're sorry. No, that's yeah. okay. I actually haven't backed it yet, so I can't really say um, it's most anticipated. Well, it's made over three million dollars so far. I think it will be available at retail. I've spent my December TTRPG budget, so I'm I'm gonna have to hold strong. Fair enough. Willpower. Yeah. I I mean, yeah. I, it it's been quite divisive. I, I I quite like that it set out its stall. It's very clear about what it is and it isn't. It says it isn't about exploration, so I know mm-hmm. it isn't for me. Because I don't want to play role-playing games that don't have exploration in. Yeah, that's so, fair enough. Yeah, no. For me, I yeah, mean, I, 
tactical combat, enjoy. Good stuff. Like it. Exactly what you said. It's very clear what it is. And I'm I'm mm. liking a bit of tactical combat recently because mm. I've been playing a bit of 5e and uh, we've been getting this combat side of it because that's what it does well. And I'm like, you know what? I'm enjoying sometimes running in and just being a big strong hero that hits things with my sword. And yeah, sometimes Quack. I just want to do that. And it doesn't have Quack. to be any more deep than that. But there Quack. are other games. Quack. Yeah, exactly. Quack. <laughs> you, is that your goose or a duck impression? No, it's me. It's you going quack. Quack. No, no, not quack. Thwack. I know, but it sounded a bit oh, like a duck. Oh, I thought you said quack too. Yeah. I, no, right. I was trying to work out what the duck. Make, you could be... on the brain. Yes, I was trying to work out what the duck was going on here. You could be a goose warrior. Goose fighter. Anyway, but if you go onto the EM website, there's a link there, and you, you link by just commenting on the forum, isn't yes. it? And there's rules about what you have to do mm-hmm. on that post. Correct. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. So, but, Does, but I mean, will, pr- will the new edition of 5e count as the most anticipated game? Oh, I don't know. Is it a new game or is it not a new game? Yeah. I've just noticed in the thread someone's commented that. Because hmm. they're kind of saying it's not a new edition. But I, mean, I think a lot of people are looking insisting forward. Insisting it's not a new game. But a lot of people are looking forward to it as a game that they're excited for. So, so it's so, the 10th anniversary non-edition. Is that correct? Hmm. Will you accept <laughs> it in the nominations as you're running this? I don't know. I don't know. I think probably, because I don't want to be the one making these calls, I'll just generally look at what the publisher is saying. If the publisher is saying it's not a new game, then no. Okay. Because that's the publisher's line. All right. I think that's the easiest way to do it. That's Respect, right. respect the publisher's identity for their game. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Even though I personally disagree and I do think it's a new edition. But, you know, that's another conversation mm-hmm. entirely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Anyway, anyway, anyway. Moving anyway, swiftly. Anyway, on. what other news have we got? Mm. Paizo have been doing things. Have no. they? Okay. Uh, so they um, are collaborating with Type 40 to launch a Wayfinder Compass on Kickstarter. Type 40? Isn't that the TARDIS? What? The TARDIS is a Type 40 TARDIS. It is. Is it? Okay. Is that where that comes from? Maybe. They, um, or was that just... Could be. Just popped into my head randomly there when you said that. It is a... No, the TARDIS is a... Yeah. Yeah, Type 40. Okay. So okay. Type 40, they're like a... It could be, because they are like a props, high quality kind of props and replica... Um, mm. Company that make Ooh. stuff okay. and things. So do we, know, do we know what Wayfinder Compass looks like? Yes, there's an we image on the pictures. website we in the article. Pictures. Here, let me share it with you. It's very, it's very, it is very pretty, to be internet. fair. But yeah, pretty. they're making basically. So they're making the Wayfinder Compass that's in Pathfinder Society objects. So they're making a real life version of it. It'll probably be quite pricey because it's going to be like a, a high end luxury product but the pre-launch page for it is up i don't know how much it is but there is an early bird discount apparently mm. but if you go to their website you can see they make really high quality good stuff and yeah. the pre-launch page is up so it looks quite cool and yeah i guess if you have that your character has that item in the game it might be cool to have it at the table just as a fun little thing yeah yeah, yeah. i'm actually going to be and for those who are wondering what it actually looks like um i'm looking at a picture of uh if one imagines a gold pocket watch it's mm. very similar to that, or a traditional round compass, uh, which looks like it's got a lot of very nice filigreed engraving around the edges, and a crystalline centre, and I think it looks like some sort of bezel, which will enable you to choose the direction it points in. So there we go. Yeah, I imagine it'll be quite pricey. It looks yeah. like a, a sort of... Yeah, it looks like know, a high-quality I mean, item. I'm only looking at the picture, though, so I don't know. I don't know. Well, you, if you look on their website, other stuff, their stuff is like expensively priced i think it's fairly priced and good value because it's you know but Mm. if it's for you if it's for you and if it's not it's not (laughs) i i mean it it looks like 30 40 dollars just from the um like 
look up easily. the thing. And if you if it if it opens up and does stuff inside, that's going to make it a more expensive piece to make. I think it is going to be yeah. an opens up and does stuff situation. I, I, and I think that would probably be worthwhile. It does look. It looks like they're going for quite a high production value, as exactly. far as I can make out from this simple single simple publicity shot that I can yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. I think there'll probably be more coming. This is just mm. the, the well, it's hitting Kickstarter, launch. isn't it? So it'll be. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, so yes. there'll be a lot more stuff going on about it. Oh, um, they're set to go live on December 26th. Oh, is it 26th? Yeah. Oh, I didn't okay. know that. That's a choice. Hmm. No, fair enough, fair enough. Go, go. Well, I guess it'll be running on. throughout January, so... Yeah, yeah. 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 Anyway. Okay. okay. Oh, right, so, um, Legacy of Worlds. So this is a live stream, Ooh. a streamed game, which is coming in February, and will be running weekly mm-hmm. until October. Mm-hmm. Which is long, mm. and this is, and and it will culminate in a massive live event at GaryCon. So this is the D and D multiverse with a whole bunch of celebrity players. So we've got Ed Greenwood playing as, uh, and they're playing as like um, their own characters sort of thing as well. I think so. Ed, we've got Ed Greenwood in it playing as Elminster. We've got Luke Gygax playing as Melf, the wizard. We have got Tommy Gofton, Keith Baker of Eberron fame, and Elisa Teague. And they're all these legendary D&D characters, and they're on a big old mission to save the multiverse from something. That's nice and... of them. I like the multiverse. Yeah, I mean, everyone's got a multiverse these days. I want, I've got a multiverse. I assumed you're talking about the one we live in. That's the one they're saving. The real multiverse, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. That's, why I, that's why I was like, I'm grateful for that, because I, I live there. Yeah. Well, eventually there's going to be a, a multiverse of multiverses, and all the Marvels and the Star Warses and all the all the multiverses will be joined into one mega multi multiverse. You not seen uh, and, and the D&D latest season well. of Loki then? <laughs> well, yeah, exactly, exactly, exactly. But yeah, so yeah, it's going to be really interesting. I mean, um, I like the idea of like you know people like Ed Greenwood playing Elminster and things like that, which I think is kind of fun. And yeah. uh, Luke Gygax, I met Luke Gygax, uh, uh, Dragon Meat. You did. I bumped into bumped into him. Um, I didn't I didn't know I didn't know he was going to be there, but I was I was looking at some dice boxes on a stand, and I heard someone introduce him off to my right. And I turned around, and I was like, "Oh, there's Luke Kygax standing like two feet away from me." Yeah. Um, so <laughs> I just uh, introduced myself, said hello, and he was lovely, very charming, very nice, yeah. and very tall. And um, yeah, it was very nice to meet him. Anyway, anyway, so that's that's Legacy of Worlds. Um, there's also something called Proxy Hunt, which is a D and D epic. That? Oh. Big old D&D epic on D&D Adventurers League. Mm. Um, and these epics are sort of where you have lots of different tables participating at the same time. Yeah. And like hundreds of players can can, uh, can play these sometimes. Wow. Hundreds and this one's would be quite a stretch. But yeah, I mean, these are um, big things. I mean, yeah. it has, we have covered that sort of thing before. Yeah, There's yeah. The, there was the 1200 did that one in Utah, like April or so. Do you remember? It was massive. It was, it was held in a shopping mall. Yeah, sure. In Utah, and there was like 1,200 people playing. It was massive. Uh, absolutely, yeah. Very cool. Mm-hmm. Um, but anyway, so these things, I mean, they're not, they're not all that big. It's just they can be. Uh, so this is, this is called Proxy Hunt. And this is a cross-campaign play thing. So characters from Forgotten Realms, Dragonlance, Ravenloft, Ebron, they can all sort of unite and play together in this, in this campaign. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, this adventure. It's, a, it's one adventure. Um, it's tailored for tiers two and three. Mm-hmm. Apparently emphasizes creative problem solving, features all pillars of play, moving away yeah. from like combat, traditional heavy combat. I, I, I mean, Adventures League 
has always been like really good for social combat mm. and exploration. They are yeah. often very good modules. Yeah. 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 So this one, yeah, so it's set for a four-hour game, optimised for 8th sort of and 13th level. 8th and, th- not 8th to 13th level, 8th and 13th level. It's okay. paid for two tiers, two and three. So I guess you choose which tier you're playing, I guess. I don't yeah. Know. Interesting. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Well, that sounds fun. I mean, I'm, I'm actually, I've, I've never played any um, Adventures League stuff, but that's piqued my interest, as it were. Mm. I like that idea. Uh, anyway, that's that. That's yes. that. That's that. Any more news? We've got any more news apart from the great big sort of bombshell news we're going to get into in a bit. I have a little bit of news that I thought oh, was quite cute because uh, it's Baldur's Gate, so I'm going to I'm going to talk about it. Mm-hmm. What's that, Jess? What's Baldur's Gate? I've never heard of it. Oh my gosh, Russ! What a treat <laughs> lies before you. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it is uh, a digital game brought out by Larian Studios, loosely like made in partnership with Dungeons and Dragons. Digital game? What? No pen, no paper. Correct. Wow, what a time to be alive. So you can download it on Steam, it's on Xbox, it's on PlayStation, all those things. And it's a turn-based kind of uh, RPG, role-playing game, if you will, that is loosely based on the D&D uh, 5e rule set. It's not completely the same, but there's you know, a lot of familiarity, like you roll mm. dice to do social encounters and the you know the combat rules are very inspired and similar to them. Um, but anyway, so that's what it is. It's a great game, 10 out of 10, would recommend you should play it. But also... <laughs> As a little fun advent thing, uh, they've done a free online like mini game thing where you can get you earn little rewards that you can use in your game, and it's all f- free to play. And it's like a little card matching game. Uh, so from the thirteenth, it started on the thirteenth. Uh, you can go back and do them, but thirteenth to twenty fourth every day they're releasing a little mini game. Like today's one, it's like a little card matching kind of game. So you just flip cards over and try and you know match them. And then yeah, when you complete it, you get some little. Um, rewards i don't know what they are i think maybe it's like items you can put in your game for Baldur's gate or stuff like that i just thought that's quite cute that was nice so i'm going to be doing hmm. that to see if i get little interesting things to use in my game um hmm. yeah that was nice so that's at advent.baldersgate3.game uh so we'll put the link in the show notes but i just thought that was cute i heard a Baldur's gate 3 rumor and i cannot Ooh. so let Tell me preface me. this this is Utter rumour that I heard somewhere so vague that I can't even remember where I heard it. I I read it somewhere on the internet. So this is not verified news. So this is not verified news. It's probably not true. But I heard it and I thought you'd be interested, so I'll say it. I am. Um, There are rumours that Netflix has picked up some rights or is negotiating with some rights about Baldur's Gate 3. I have also heard Mm. this unsubstantiated rumour. And it makes me anxious more than excited okay because in the same way i was before the dungeons and dragons movie Mm. Um, that was all right yeah and also because they're going to be based and i don't know if they're going to be basing it on the companion characters and their story arcs in there but the great thing about Baldur's gate like with any ttrpg there's so many different ways it can go um, and so the companion characters have different story arcs, and so their personalities mm. can be very different so by the so game. So it's which, which so, story arcs do they choose? So if you really yeah. love the game and are invested in it, and you your characters your love, that won't be your your version of that character there, which yeah. I guess is fine, but I think part of the joy of playing Worlds again, why I chat with other people and do different versions of it, is the way that you talk about the different endings you have. Much like when you play the same module of a tabletop yeah. role-playing game, you talk about different stories and adventures you I, have. Can I... Propose a counterpoint to that, though. You may. Is that analogous to when you read a novel and you get a really good sense of what places and people are like yeah. from that novel? 
and then you see them in a TV show or a movie and their interpretation of those characters are different. Exactly that. But that often still works anyway, though, despite the fact that they're different. Does it? Not always, not always, not always. How many fans of books are like, I watched the film and I think it was really good? How many Mm, people are big fans? Lord of the Rings fans. That's a great example. Apparently it's Sauron, not Sauron, so... But not... um, It's also... But it's I will, also I will smog, counterpoint that smog, with but, yeah. fans of The Hobbit. <laughs> yeah, 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 all right, yeah, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. So, but yeah, so I no, I'm, I can't argue with that. I, yeah. So I feel a little bit nervous about it, but if that were to happen, I think it's another potential way to get people into the tabletop RPG hobby, which yeah. is a good thing, and I'm more for. But there's a bit of nervousness in me about there's it. There's something mm. interesting branding-wise going on there as well. I think. What do you mean? Because Baldur's Gate Three. Yeah. Massive, massive hit yeah. for for Larian and yeah. also for Wizards of the Coast, mm-hmm. the IP holder. They've made tons and tons and tons of money out there. Mm-hmm. And you'd kind of think that like, this is a massive sort of... And uh, I remember... Six, um, 63 Shannon, million so far. Yeah, Sh- Shannon Appleclimb uh, mentioned this as well. What's about this, though? The big brand name that's come out of this isn't Dungeons & Dragons, mm. it's Baldur's Gate. Yes. The words that people are using are Baldur's Gate. It hasn't particularly put the words Dungeons and Dragons on people's lips. It's put Baldur's Gate on people's yep. lips. So that's where, that's at the moment, I don't know, I feel like it's maybe it's a slight missed opportunity there. Well, maybe in a the little? future, I don't know. D&D will bring out a new Baldur's Gate book for the new edition that's got, you know, locations and adventures that are based in that kind of setting. Yeah, but if, yeah, I guess, but I don't know. Maybe maybe D D will just change its name to Boulder's Gate eventually because that's a big. I don't I don't know if that's the case, but I <laughs> no, I think no. it has introduced a lot of people to it, and it's taken the intimidation factor of learning the rules away a bit. Because if you've played Boulder's mm. Gate three, you're gonna have a vague idea more of what's going on than coming completely cold to the table. I I, I mean I I do tell people frequently it's like you're on a D twenty, you add mm-hmm. one number, you might add another number. Yeah. That you're pretty much done, at and that that's point. and that's what that the game does. So, yeah, if, would, and if you've that, never done anything like that before, and this is your first experience of it, it will, yeah. it will just it's it's a reasonable. I would onboarding. love to see in a couple of years if someone could sort of do the survey and get the market data how well that did actually translate, and how many people did convert. That would be hard that to would do. Be fascinating. I imagine D and D will try and do something like that because they'll, be so, yeah, they'll be trying to they'll trying to figure out yeah. if it's. If it's, I'm know, the movie did as well, for example, maybe that. I don't they know. they I must know. have that. Well, uh, I guess the movie would be hard to track. It's like one of those things with uh, PR. It's so hard to track what the actual impact of it is. I think the only way you can do it is to ask current D&D players who have started playing in the last year or two. Yeah. Where did you first hear about D&D mm. or something? Or what was it that prompted you? And try and get the answer yeah. that way. It's the only way you could do it, I think. Well, you've got the opportunity to do a qualitative experiment. Not much quantitative work there, but, um, you know, like somebody has a guild of role players and you could, I don't know, run some games there. How many, how many people are there there? Roughly what? 50. Oh, we've got... Like, the, the, not that turn up every week, but oh, in total. Like, uh, yeah, I mean, it's always had a rotating cast of rounds, yeah, I don't yeah, know, officially. Yeah. So, but again, it's time, it's the time of year where people are trying new hobbies, where it will be in mm. about three weeks' time. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I will be yeah, doing a lot true. of pushing and saying, hey, come play games. Come roll the dice. Okay. So that that was my news about Baldur's Gate, because every week mm. I'll try and find something to say about it. Mm. <laughs> Do you know uh, Simon Stallenhag, the artist, Not tells from the loop? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
uh, the Swedish artist Tales mm-hmm. on the Loop and um, and, and, and those Tales they're, they're doing they've got the current Tales on the Flood sorry and what was the Loop Tales on the Loop and Things from the Flood maybe Things oh right yeah the sequel and the new RPG is out now isn't it the Electrum it's on Kickstarter. Which is uh, mm. what I was going to mention. It's okay. an electric state role playing game That's the one. from Free League. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, How's that doing? So, 3,388,869 Swedish so That's pretty, that's pretty good. <laughs> Let me look that um, up. Uh, uh, 259,000 pounds. There we go. Good grief. So, probably in the region of $300,000 yeah. with four days to go. Nice. Chunky. Yeah. Um, I just, I just I mention it because, um, you know, um, uh, Free League do uh, work with uh, Simon Stalinhag quite a bit on mm. these sort of like alternate I mean the previous ones were alternate 1980s I think this is more mm. 1990s is it I think yeah. I'm not sure I um, yeah yeah but basically they take the art this, mm. this awesome art by Stone and Stonehag and create this kind of yeah the world from it. you know world around it basically yeah. um, um, it's also been adapted licensed for a movie mm-hmm. um, by the Russo brothers and we'll have mini Bobby Brown and Chris Pratt in it oh cool well, they did but that. They did um, Tales from the Loop. There was a TV show of it. Yeah, yeah. I didn't. I didn't do well with that. Oh, I liked it. I, I heard some people okay. liked it. Yeah. I did yeah, like it. Good. Yeah. Um, so this game, Year Zero Engine, like most of their stuff, mm-hmm. mm. and you journey across the ruins of America, um, traveling among the discarded mechs and dra- down drones of the Second Civil War. So I think we did mention that last week or the week before. We, we have mentioned big it. Sort of car- it. Yeah. Yeah, sort of Disney-fied mechs, yeah. in a way. Not, that's the wrong word. Just like, they're, they're kind of like Black Mirror-esque, cutish looking, but clearly very big and very deadly. Yes. Mm. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we did mention it, but it's, it's on Kickstarter now. Um, well, four days to go, so jump in there quickly if you want it. Free yeah. League always make gorgeous stuff, so. True. Yeah. yeah. Looks good. Yeah. Okay, any more news before the before the big news? Mm. I'm afraid I'm really... a bit out of the loop. I don't have anything, I think. No, I think I'm largely... I think we're all just waiting to talk about Wizards of the Coast ending the year as they started it in controversy. A couple of of tiny little bits. Um, This is Games Workshop has given all of its staff an end-of-year £2,500 bonus, which I thought was nice. Yeah, so they had a really profitable year, so they're like, wow, that's great. Let's spread it amongst people that work at our company. And I'm like, good job. Yeah, Hmm. I thought that was... Yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Oh, Dungeon Delver's Guide... Oh, yeah. Is on Polygon's list of best TTRPG books of 2023. Nice. Yeah, that was well nice. Yeah. Well deserved. It really is like a it's classic very good piece of work. It's a very, very good yeah. book. Yeah. Like definitive, yeah. if you want. I mean, I, I, I say that, obviously, as the publisher yeah. of it. I mean, you know, take that as, as you wish. But there is a 30 page essay in there which Paul Hughes. Diluted, uh, what's it? Not diluted. Um, concentrated, uh, like twenty years worth of great dungeon delving advice into mm. one essay in his own words. Bloody mm. brilliant! There's another eight dungeons in there, and mm-hmm. um, like you know, just the node system which solved the problem of how to do traps well in D and D, which mm. was which people keep trying. And it's like, well, okay, now we can stop looking for a solution. We've actually found it, which mm. I think it's amazing. Anyway. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah, so congratulations, especially to Paul Hughes, who yes. shepherded that one. Mm-hmm. Wasn't, oh. wasn't the only creator on that book, but oh, was, the, yeah, yeah. was the lead designer yeah, on yeah. that book. Mm-hmm. Uh, absolutely, yeah. yeah. It's, among uh, good, okay. it's among good companies as well, because I just want to say, also on that book is like Avatar Legends, Barkeep on the Borderlands, uh, Fabula Ultima, uh, mm. Flea Mortals, um, Helena's Guide to Monster Hunting, 
the Lord yeah. of the Rings uh, role playing game, All Gods of Appalachia. Yeah. So there's a whole well, there's big obviously names. a list of ten. So there's big names on there. So it's really nice. Um, better, to be... better supported names as well with bigger communities. Yeah. Not to put too far point on it. So it's really good. Yes, I do feel we are like quite small and niche compared to everyone else on that list. Yeah, They're yeah. the type of people that I'd meet at a convention and be too embarrassed to talk to. That's that's the company oh, we're in on that oh. list. Yeah, you wouldn't be. And I, I, I just told you, I freeze. <laughs> <laughs> so sorry I'm here. Anyway, oh, yeah. I think that is all, all the news. That is all the news. Stop. What is that on the hill? It looks like some horsemen. Oh, we should speak with them. Hey, ho, ho there! Greetings, mortal. You stand in the presence of the four horsemen of the apocalypse. I've heard of you. What, what, what are your names again? Oh, no, I, I, I know that. Uh, I think it's death, um, famine. Oh, um, yeah, yeah, that's it. Um, and uh, war and strife. Uh, no, I think one of them was called pestilence. Those were our names, but times have passed. Now we go by different monikers. Oh, right. Uh, so uh, which which one are you? Ah, you speak with the horseman known only as pollution. Oh, I suppose that makes sense. Uh, pollution is a major problem these days. Uh, but, but what about the rest of you? Um, wh- what are you called? Ah, my comrades are known as Twitter, No Wi-Fi and Late Stage Capitalism, the true terrors of the modern age. No Wi-Fi? Gosh, doesn't bear thinking about... Together we shall bring about the apocalypse and end the world, ushering in a new age. Via pollution, Twitter, no Wi-Fi and late-stage capitalism. Exactly. Well, that, that would do it. Hmm. i got to say, though, I'm, I'm not fully on board with this idea. Not fully on board with... Um, the apocalypse. What do you mean? Well, I think what we're trying to say is that, you know, we're not entirely convinced that the apocalypse is a good idea as it were. Not a good idea? What nonsense is this? Of course it's a good idea. Is it though? Yes, it is. Is it though? Yes, it is an excellent idea. Uh, why? Look, you're talking to the four bleeding horsemen of the friggin' apocalypse. We're not required to explain ourselves to the likes of you. (laughs) The likes of us? Just what is that supposed to mean? Yeah, mate. Look, apocalypses are one thing, but there's no need to be rude. Apocalypse. What? Well, I'm pretty sure the uh, plural of apocalypse is apocalypse. I don't think it is. You know, like hippopotami or octopi. Octopi? Are you sure about that? Well, it might be octopoids, now you mention it. Octopoids. Hmm, does that mean the plural of apocalypse is apocalypse? I, gu- I guess it must be. Right, well, then, then, then you, uh, what's your name again? Pollution. Ah, uh, yeah, pollution. Well, like I said, apocalypse are one thing, but there's no need to be rude. The plural of apocalypse is not apocalypse. Uh, yes, it is. I mean, we, we just proved it by logic. Logic, don't come into it, you trifling mortals. Hmm, you're sounding more like your friend Twitter right now. Look, you meddling fools! Stand aside. We have no time for semantic debates. We are eternal. We're the bringer of apocalypse, uh, apocalypses, uh, apocalypse. <laughs> See, even you don't know. What about apocalypsy? Or uh, apocalypse arrays? Apocalypsopodes? 
Apocalypticals? Silence. We shall cleanse this world of your babbling rubbish. You and your friends? Yes. I, Pollution, and my comrades in doom. What, Twitter? No Wi-Fi and... Late stage capitalism? Exactly. None shall stand before us. Come, fellow riders, let us ride and bring race to ruin to the world of mankind. Come, Twitter. Come, no Wi-Fi. Come, late stage capitalism. To the destruction of mankind for the apocalypse. Did you mean apocalypse? Malak the Maleficent here. If, like me, you're enjoying this podcast, please consider subscribing on Patreon for exclusive bonus content every week and the warm, fuzzy feeling of knowing you are helping to keep the show going. Subscribe at patreon.com slash morris. There, I said it. Can you stop staring at me like that now? The things I do. All right, all right. Don't forget... Patreon.com slash Morris. Can I go now? So, the big, big news to our, let's just say, Wizard of the Coast have had an interesting year. They started it off... In controversy. In one enormous controversy, and they're going to end it in a, uh, another one. Uh-huh. So, if anything, they are consistent. I guess. I guess you cannot. Yeah. Okay. Yes. Yes. They're, they're, they're consistent. Um. So. <laughs> so Hasbro uh. is laying off one thousand one hundred employees. Yes. After earlier this year, they laid off eight hundred employees. So another one thousand one hundred employees are being laid off. Yeah. And this came out early in the week. And people were thinking, is this going to affect Wizards of the Coast? Surely not. I mean, Wizards of the Coast is their, their golden goose. Yeah. It's the most highly performing division. It's really making all the money and pretty much propping up the rest of the company at the moment because they've got flagging toy sales and all this sort of stuff is going down. You know, Wizards of the Coast is the golden goose. They, they're not going to interfere with that, are they? They wouldn't, you know, that, Wizards will be fine, won't it? Yeah. Um, Don't well. kill the goose that lays golden eggs. Well, well. Oh. I hate to break it to you, mm-hmm. but that is not the case. No. Yeah. That is not the case indeed, because Wizards has been, uh, I don't want to say decimated, but I mean, maybe. I mean, decimated would be 110, it seems like. Exactly. And it kind of looks like about that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I, I mean, maybe self-lobotomized. That might be a word <laughs> I'd choose, I mean, just because of the yeah. sheer brain drain. We we are going to be talking about this in a business and a hobby sense and what this means for that, but yeah. we do acknowledge that... These are actual people, individual who've lost their jobs, and that really sucks for them because, yeah. for the obvious reasons, mm. losing your income, losing it, especially in December as well, when a lot yeah. of people are celebrating various holidays and have spent more money than normal, is also yeah. a scary, a scary it's, time. It's, so, it's, 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 yeah. yeah, thinking so of all those I, people, I, I'm thinking there's there's got to be a reason why because wizards historically and not for the last few years they stopped doing it they historically had these big pre-christmas layoffs and they did it mm. every year for several years in a row yeah and uh, it got to the point where it became kind of like a i don't want to say running joke because it's not a joke because it's people's no. livelihoods but you know every year it's like oh here it's we, time here for we the go again. yeah here we go again um and it's every single year but this is like the 90s and 2000s you're talking about um i think it was like uh past 2010 mm. 
Um, you know, so it, was, it wasn't early 2000s. It, was, it, it does. I think basically up until about 5e, I think. From mm. a business really perspective, much. it does make sense that layoffs would happen at similar times of years. Like it sucks to do it this time yeah. of year for people. Yeah, yeah. because you're wondering why, why, why December? Whenever it's a tax thing it, or something, it could why, it's be always their then. financial reporting. Ah. That's when they do their yeah, reports maybe. and make their yeah. decisions about financial commitments for the future year. So yeah. maybe that's when they agree what their staffing budget will be. And if well, you know, yeah. Perhaps possibly we could look at what's happened mm. um, and then I've done some reading and I can explain pretty much what's happened, why what's happened, and okay. then also like what's going to happen next, okay. which okay. is right. not good. Let's get into no. it, Russ. So what has okay. happened? What are the facts and things okay. what so this have is occurred? What we, this is what we know so far, because mm-hmm. Wizards... Bear in mind, has said nothing. Yes. Well, I mean, Chris Cox has said that there's a Malaysian toy market or something well, like so, that. Yeah, so Chris Cox put out a email to staff, yep. uh, which ended up being published in the Wall Street Journal as well. Okay. Was it Wall Street Journal or Washington Post? Wall One Street Journal. I think it was Wall Street Journal, yeah. It was a, a fairly long email. Obviously, I can't read it out yeah. now because it would just take it, ages. It is linked not. on EN World, though, so you yeah, can you, read you it can, in full. You, you can read yeah. it, yeah. yeah. Um, but basically, it was toy sales have been bad. Um, we're, strong headwinds are not great. Um, we're making big changes to our leadership team structure, scope of operations, all this sort of stuff. But the it kind of like broke down to, over the next six months, 1,100 people are going to be laid off. Mm-hmm. Some of them have come forward and publicly made statements on Twitter or Facebook or elsewhere, just like, hi, I was one of the people that was laid off. And we can go through who those people are soon. Mm-hmm. And others will be announced over the next six months. So it's going to be an ongoing process. We're going to keep hearing this over the next six months of people being laid off. And then just sort of, you know, I know this is difficult for the holiday season. We value our team members, all the sort of stuff you'd expect that sort of email to say. Um, but that's what that was. So it was a, an email to staff, and that's that's how people realised this was happening. Mm. And then the, it started hitting Twitter, um, like people who were let off. It was pretty much happening in real time. Yeah, yeah. People were being called to management meetings, and then coming back and posting on Twitter, "Hey, um, well, I was just let go." Um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, it was, you, you could you could literally watch this process happening in real time. It was mm. scary, to be honest. So some of the people like D and D designer Dan Dillon, you'll find um, mm. Dan's name in the front of many, many five E books. Yeah, um, just uh, tweeted, uh, "Well, today was my last day at Wizards. Not sure what's next." Yeah, but there's so many, there's so many people. There's uh, Dixon Dubo, who is a lot of these people are behind the scenes as well. So yeah, maybe yeah. you might not be familiar with their names, but obviously mm. they've made Wizards the things a, that you love. Yeah, they're, yeah, they're, they're in your company with. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. With lots and lots of people that work on these things. Mm. Um, Dixon Dubo, creator relations, art director, Brie Heiss, senior development editor, Eaton or Aiton Bernstein, Amy, da- Amy Dallin, the D&D Beyond producer and host, uh, senior communications manager, Larry Frum, Mike Merles, interestingly, who used to be mm. one of the senior management on D&D before getting moved over to Magic the Gathering, what, like two years ago, three years ago? I can't remember when exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, was let go, which yeah. was a surprise to everybody. Mm-hmm. People on the Magic Gathering side as well, like David McDarby, a game designer, talent manager, Paul Sheon, the D&D art manager, Rob mm. Sather. Oh. So many people. Uh, the guy who created DM's Guild, Chris Lindsay, wow. is gone. And DM's Guild, I think, is, um, is, is one of Wizards' golden gooses, I yeah, guess. Because, yeah, yeah. 
this shoe um, licensing and publishing manager is gone. Yeah. And more. I, 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 I mean, I don't, I don't know the people well or personally, but I'm told that the people that Larry and Studios worked with to make Baldur's Gate free, their mm. contacts at Wizards have all been given the old TIFO. Yes, yeah. I saw that. Yeah, yeah. Good, they yeah. basically said that team we met, almost none of them are there now. Yeah. 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 So if you love oh, Baldur's Gate three, the the team at Wizards that helped and you know consulted on that are now not mm. there. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Well, as I like to think of it, they're now available for hire by third party publishers. So if you wish to um, get involved yeah. and uh, scoop, yeah. scoop scoop up some of these people, I, they are they are readily available I and looking for jobs. I wish we had the budget at EM oh, yeah, to yeah, do yeah. that. There was there's some. Fantastic people. I think, some, I think some companies like Paizo and MCDM and people like that. Cable Press. Yeah. 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 Might be able to, yeah. you know. A lot of these people have worked for the company for like 20 years, nine yeah. years. Like, this is serious. The loss of institutional like, memory it, I mean, it's, it's is seri- staggering. Yeah. Yes. It's, yeah. it's serious staggering. for anyone that loses their job working somewhere. Yeah. Like, you know, but yeah. I, I, the, yeah. Um, I'm, yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's astonishing. Yeah. It's astonishing. And you kind of think, you know, Wizards is doing so well. It's making record amounts of yeah. money. Massive, Exactly. Because I understand yeah. a business, so, so if, well. you know, if your business isn't making money and you can't support a certain number of staffs and you have to let people go, that sucks. And I, I understand that has to happen in business. But what's confusing to me about this is Hasbro is a big brand with lots of different product lines and things. Like Wizards mm. of the Coast is a branch of that. Yeah. My thoughts as as a humble business manager of a very small business, would be Hmm. if you had an unprofitable product line, you would need to reduce staff in that area. But your your product line that was doing really well, I wouldn't Hmm. look to cut from. That would be my thoughts. So I'm not saying this is the right thing to do, Hmm. but I've got a little bit of insight into into why why, why they do this way. So A, as far as I understand, their, their policy is when they make cuts like this, they do it across, they don't, like pick a department and destroy it completely, never to be mm. seen again. Mm. They haven't taken the toys department and say, "Okay, we're not doing toys anymore." Why? Yeah. Um, they've done it across the board. Yeah. That's their policy to do it like that because toys might come back. You know, um, mm. they don't want to completely gut it so they can't ever do toys again. Mm. Sure. So, so they do it across the board, kind of equally right. across divisions. Is their is their policy? Whether or not that's a good thing, good idea or not, I'm not saying. But, but that's what they know, do. That's, 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 that's what they yeah. do. I think it's um, not a good policy, but okay. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I, 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 I haven't got a... It's generalist exactly, versus yeah. specialist thinking. Mm. Like, mm. I mean, it does make a certain amount of intuitive sense that you should, if you can do one thing really well, focusing on that one thing is a good way to go. Yeah. Also, diversity, diversifying is also quite handy. Yeah, I think so, Hasbro doesn't you... want to put all of its eggs in Wizards' basket. And, that, yeah, and that's yeah. fair enough, but... I, I, I mean, they've, you also, can, yeah. they, they've got Transformers... Uh, this is the year that a Spider-Man movie came out, and they sold. Sp- I imagine they probably sold quite a few Spider-Man toys. Mm. Yeah, I mean, and I went and had a look at their uh, quarterly reports because I was like, "What is going on? Why are they doing mm. this?" Hasbro's quarterly reports, in general. Yes. Okay. What's What's the yeah. word? Oh well, oof. like sorry to reveal this to you, but Chris Cox did in fact tell us that uh, he was going to do this back in October 2022. Okay. Hasbro Blueprint 2.0 and Operation Excellence, which you will see in reference reference in the various uh, quarterly reports. I, I I spotted Operation Excellence and that and I was like, what's 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 going on? Um, 
goodness. Do you, do you want me to explain this? Because like, yeah, yeah, I don't know what yeah. Those are. <laughs> I, yes, I, I do. I okay, so so we're gonna. I'm gonna need to give you a bit of con. You and the listeners a bit of context. I assume yeah. I assume we already know that like companies when they go public have mm-hmm. shares and they mm-hmm. have shareholders, which is the yeah. idea is you buy shares and mm-hmm. the share price and two things are supposed to happen: one, the share price increases, and two, you get mm-hmm. things called dividends, which is where the company gives you money, right? Yep. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we have the concept of quote shareholder misery unquote, which is where your share prices do not increase wildly, but they just stay the same, mm-hmm. right? And that's quite important to understand things because uh, the Hasbro share price has not dropped, but it has not increased. Mm-hmm. So from the point of view of shareholders, they are miserable because even though they're getting money given to them, the amount of profit they could expect if they sold their shares mm. isn't increasing. So their investment right. isn't, isn't uh, increasing at the moment. Yeah. Yes. Uh, and like since 20, 2014 to 2022... Or oh, 2015 to 2022, it was it, it's just stayed the same, right? So, what's it? Alter Alter Fox Trading. Yes, um, they yeah. covered this last year, yeah, briefly. Yeah, yeah. They they wanted to spin off Wizards. Um, has its own separate thing to be more profitable. They they hated the acquisition of E1, which I believe was under Ray Winninger. E1 being the TV shows and yes. so forth. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So Chris Cox comes in to replace Ray. He says, "Well, what we're going to do is we're gonna make a make a new blueprint of Hasbro's profitability. We're going to like specialize, and one of the ways we're going to do this is Operation Excellence, which mm-hmm. he promised three hundred million US dollars in efficiency savings." Um, That's a lot. And again, <laughs> yeah, yeah, just a bit. So just 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 to be clear, right? When they're talking about efficiency savings, like if you or me were talking about efficiency savings, you might find a better process. Like a, pu- a publisher might find a way to make books more efficiently, um, like cheaper cheaper paper, and you might save 3%, mm-hmm. which would be a big sack of money. Job, bloody good job, Jessica. Well done. Thank you. When these people are talking about efficiency savings, what they mean is they mean layoffs. Because especially with these numbers, you can't do this. Well, most companies, your biggest thing you're spending on is people. So that's Pay, payroll. Yeah, yeah. Is, is your biggest area. So if you cut that, it's yeah. The, the people are your biggest asset, and they're also your biggest expense. And mm-hmm. a lot of people who have masters of business administrations, MBAs, don't understand the first part, but they definitely can see the second part. So they see that there's a big expense. They don't understand why you're paying money for people. Mm-hmm. Um, and we can see that that Operation Excellence has been ongoing. It's in Hasbro's quarterly reports. They sacked 800 people. They made 80 million savings, they said, or 81 million or something. They said, yes, we're on track with this. So I'm expecting to see Operation Excellence getting an extra 100 million uh, or so, which would be, what, about 180 million, 190 million that they'll have saved. And their target is 250 to 300 million, which is to be done by 2025. So I think... Chris Cox's comments about oh toy business is hard we're having to do these layoffs that that's that's what I would call poppycock or rubbish or I mean bear in mind that was my paraphrasing yeah um, yeah. That's not, no, no, yeah he he said there's a malaise in the toy industry that is a quote from him and that has nothing to do whatsoever with these layoffs like so, that that they they are entirely capable they have the cash flow mm-hmm. the operating profit and loss to withstand this they've loaded themselves with a bit of extra debt which is why they are 
they have both the operating profit loss, but also an adjusted operating profit because the operating profit is essentially how much it costs to run the business. Plus there's depreciation of physical assets, like that'll be factories and stuff and all that. And then there's amortization, which is basically where companies borrow money to keep themselves running. Yeah. Mm. I I mean, I'm not claiming any special information here, right? This is all public information. This is all public knowledge. Mm -hmm. You can literally Google it, which is Mm -hmm. what I did. I just have a bit of background of dealing with corporate rapery. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. sorry, operations. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So to summarise it in layman's terms... The issue isn't that, oh, we're not making enough money so we can't afford to keep people. The issue is we're not making enough profit uh, and in order to raise our shares to keep our investors happy that they're getting a return on their investment. Uh, Yeah. Um, They they want to see the share price rise. Yes. And they're not concerned with how this is done. Mm. Uh, I mean, they're reducing their, their, um, their costs. But the quality of the product, I suspect, will probably take a hit because they've sacked mm. yeah, the people. Yeah, I was about to say, it seems short-sighted because if you get rid of a load of people, of course your running costs will go down because, of course. Yes. But then that will make maybe you less efficient and make you less able to make continue making money well because... Uh, but, but in the meantime, Never the shares will have risen thing. in price mm. and you can sell it and your shareholders will be happy mm. because numbers will have gone up. And should they wish to sell their shares, they can. And they will gain a profit and they can move on. And what happens to Dungeons & Dragons role-playing is none of their affair. Mm. Mm. So I'm looking at this ICC It's a different mindset. Different mindset. I'm sorry, Russ, you were saying. So so from back in August, I think we covered this briefly back in August, Mm. but we didn't realise this was on the horizon. Yes. Um, So this um, basically looked at Hasbro and Wizards of the Coast and Digital Gaming and what they're doing. Mm. And so basically the headline of it is Wizards of the Coast and Digital Gaming down in quarter two and Hasbro writing off 25 million on the D&D movie yeah, yeah. Was, the, was the headline of it. So basically uh, this was... Was that uh, 25 or 250 million? 25. Uh, I mean, sure. Pocket change to Peter. <laughs> I, I, yeah. I, I mean, look, you have to look at the things, right? They are doing quarterly turnover in the like... Yeah. Fifth, thousands of millions in the yeah. what we would call the so, billion range yeah. so 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 hasbro's profits went from in 2022 there was a 219.1 million profit mm-hmm. for hasbro 2023 188.6 million loss mm-hmm. in quarter two 2023 yeah um so hasbro's revenue is basically down you know like 10 percent or something down to 1.2 billion from 1.34 i'm just shouting out numbers here and it's really yeah. boring but yeah, yeah, no, um, no. hasbro's hasbro's revenue is down about 10 percent but um, Wizards in particular mm-hmm. has been strong. Yeah. Like D&D in particular um, was like a 33% up. Yeah. Um, mainly digital revenues, D&D Beyond and stuff like that. But D&D in particular was 33% up. So, yeah. you know, you know, D&D and, and Wizards are kind of, I suppose, star, Most profitable. star quarterback yeah. at the moment, as it were. I, I, I mean, yeah, sure. It's like, but are they, like, it's magic. The gathering in the virtual tabletop, which is bringing in absolute sheds of cash. Mm. Like, I mean, Wizards is very profitable because a lot of the stuff they do is digital and they have great margins on their books. Because, mm-hmm. but they do loads of stuff with DD Beyond and so forth. So, the more digital stuff they bring in, and they've just had yeah. a windfall of yeah. like what 61, 67 million from Baldur's Gate 3. So, mm. for which is essentially just licensing, which is pretty much just free money. Yeah. 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 Um, so there's I no expense. One thing, to, 
Yeah, I think one thing to take into account when it comes to Baldur's Gate, though. But it's like the profitability, right, is nice, but it's not the whole story. You've also got to look at, like, the total amount of money, and they are not bringing that much money to be significant to Hasbro's bottom line. Yeah. The thing about Baldur's Gate, though, is it's not necessarily reproducible. No. So, you know, they did that this year, and that was amazing for them and stuff like that. Windfall. But, you know, it's not like it's going to happen next year or the year after. (laughs) Five and six, yeah, obviously, obviously, but... You know, so I mean, Baldur's Gate in, in a sense, for you can't... June twenty thirty. Yeah, because yeah. it took a long time to get. Yeah, yeah, but but, yeah. but it does BG kind of make Wizards look more, you know, look stronger than it actually is if you just take the raw numbers. Yeah, and you realize a part of that was a big sort of like lump sum from yeah. you know oh, Baldur's Gate, which isn't going to happen next year. Well, I mean, it wasn't that much money, as I say, because sixty-one million. I mean, if you're not talking triple digit, if you're not talking hundreds of millions of dollars, you're not really impacting the bottom line of, like, you're not you're not really affecting the revenue stream, right? It's like basically minor blips. Yeah. So, well, like, yeah. So, like, as well as one point one billion, wasn't it last year? So, yeah, sixty million is a, you know, what percentage of that is that is five uh, percent? Sixty out of one thousand one hundred. Yeah, it's not big numbers. Six out of one hundred and ten. Like mm. we're talking. Very yeah. small. Yeah. 6%-ish. Like, 7%. Sure. Yeah. Low, low, low numbers. It, it, it's really not that significant. Um, so, again, like these... Because the thing is that we have to bear in mind is Project Excellence is still ongoing and it has a target date of 2025, which means that... There's going to be more. There's going to be about a thousand more job cuts. More. Mm. I, I mean, mm. it probably won't be that many... Because they're looking for a total number, and when you do a layoff, a bunch of people will then leave because they're mm. unhappy and afraid and pissed off, right? Mm. Um, like the science, right? Because <laughs> there is a science behind this sort of thing, says that layoffs are a terrible idea. Unfortunately, science led thinking is not how LinkedIn works, which is what these MBA people use to make their decisions. It's like with the tech companies. Tech companies didn't need cash, but they laid off piles of employees because they wanted to, I don't know, increase their share prices and things. It, but it, it just leads to more and more people quitting. Like when Elon mm. Musk sacked 80% of his st- 40% of his staff, he ended up with 80% turnover because another 40% were like, nah, I don't like it here no more. All my friends have gone. Yeah, um, that's right. I don't also, like this guy. If you know mm. that more layoffs are coming, if I was working there, I'd be like, well, I better get my CV out there and, you know, yeah, just yeah, in case. Because yeah, yeah. there's a lot to be said for having a secure, you know, place that you work, knowing that, yeah. you know, that yeah. you're going to get yeah. paid and you'll be there a while. I, I mean, you shouldn't take your advice from me. I mean, I'm just some random person. But I do know what a $300 million, like, promise looks like when they say efficiency savings. It means job losses. And I do know... I've added the numbers up, right? It's about $100,000 for an employee. That's not salary. That's how much it costs to keep someone employed. Yeah, yeah. More or less. That includes yeah. salary, but also other things like in yeah. the UK, it's PAYE and they're paying into pension yeah. schemes and tax and blah, 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 blah. It, it's like, it's, it's like a, a ballpark figure. It's, the details will vary. And yeah, that, that, that's the gap. Yeah. So... Yeah. If you've got a friend working at Wizards of Coast, help them find a new job, is all I'm saying. Because, I mean, or maybe hang on, see if they can get a layoff package. That might be the way forwards. Um, yeah. What? So, Peter Adkisson, who mm-hmm. uh, he mm. owned Wizards until it was sold to Hasbro in uh, 1999. Yeah, yeah. 
He oversaw the relaunch of D&D with um, 3rd Edition and kind of oversaw layoffs at Wizards back then as well. Has mm. commented on this mm. publicly. Um, you know, he's, like many of you, I'm saddened to learn about the levels at Hasbro. He says he doesn't know what's happening behind the scenes at Wizards. You know, he doesn't you know. It's been 20 years since he was, you know, within the walls yeah. um, and things like that. So this is, this is mainly about his own reflections. And he said, when I read about the layoffs at Hasbro, my immediate feeling was shame. Mm. Yeah. Shame for when I did the same thing mm-hmm. at the same company, yeah. Wizards, before we sold it to Hasbro. What he says is layoffs, when handled poorly or when they are unnecessary, aren't just mistakes, they are failings of character. He says those times when he had a failing of character, those are the moments that haunt him. And I guess by implication, he's saying that that is how he, what he feels is happening mm-hmm. here. I don't know. I don't know. I can't, I'm reading between the lines. Yeah. So I can't speak for what he, what he thinks, mm-hmm. but, um, it's just, it's just interesting that, um, he, he made that comment and regrets some of the layoffs that happened in the past. Yeah. It's horrible having to, let people go because I had that because I mm. had to close down my company and I had employees at the time so mm. I had to tell them that was the case but I don't feel that was a foreign character because it was like the business isn't viable and isn't going to continue it was the right so... decision for you yeah yeah I, I yeah, mean you're so not you're not trying to yeah. increase you, you weren't trying to increase your shareholder price I was not I did not have shareholder no. prices <laughs> exactly like, yeah yeah so no, but like when yeah. these big companies are doing it it's because they want to reduce their biggest cost, which is their staff. And it, like, they, like Southwestern, sorry to bring in a non-TTRPG company, they went into COVID and they deliberately decided not to do layoffs and they have bounced back really well mm-hmm. because they still, when the times were bad, they held on and then times are good again. They had their staff. They had the institutional memory. It's kind of weathering the storm, as it were. Yeah. I mean, you know, how long did it take to bring someone online? Three, six months? And that's for, like, relatively simple admin tasks and stuff like that. Mm. That like a big, yeah. 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 Like, you know, the, the internal processes of a, I'm, I'm going to say a mega corporation, mm. that's going to take a long time for people to learn. Like, you're not going to have, you're not going to get people up to speed all that quickly. Mm. So yeah, I mean, they, they, I, I I don't even think they understand what they are doing, and to may, may and in many respects, they don't care. Why why would they care? People go buy D and D anyway until mm. they don't. Well, yeah. on that, were you using? Sorry, no, I was gonna say on that note, what do we think this means for the hobby? Because I know we're talking about like business talk and things like that, and like why, but. What 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 does this mean for like the hobby? What does this mean for gaming? Do you because th- well, like you said, think, people are still going to buy D and D, so it's not going to impact. One thing that. that's happening here is that Wizards is changing because mm. the people yes. um, are changing. involved in the company are changing. Yes, so you mentioned the words institutional memory earlier, yes. Peter, mm-hmm. which is something I wanted to touch on as well. Mm-hmm. Please. So what Wizards is losing is that institutional memory. And yes. that is why when that OGL thing happened at the beginning of the year, there weren't enough people there that remembered the original, you know, yeah. the purpose of it and to hold that opinion. There was entirely new people, like the upper management of yeah. Wizards is from Microsoft and uh, yeah. like they, things like that at the moment. They don't know or care about role-playing games yeah. as a whole no, thing. There's no, yeah. there's no love there. Yeah. It's yeah. like they're all about the numbers. Numbers go up yeah. good, numbers go down bad. And yeah. it's like, you know, we, we literally so, saw that happening. Numbers... They're like, oh, numbers are going up. Let's uh, let's get more numbers going yeah. up by getting rid- like using this OGL thing to our advantage. And then people started mm. cancelling their D D and D Beyond subscriptions. 
And like that is not going to happen. I mean, it doesn't even matter how many there were. It's like if you get a spike, you can see like there is something going wrong with your with your thing. Like, you know, like say you had like 10 subscriptions per month and then suddenly you get like 100, 200. Like, you're like, you're going to say, what is the problem? And when there is a very obvious solution or very obvious problem there, then yeah, I don't know. Mm. I, I, mean, I mean, like I say, I don't claim... I have never, ever claimed special insider knowledge about the workings of Hasbro D&D because it would be ludicrous yes. for me to do so. Ludicrous. I've had people tell me, I'm like, I do not claim this. I use the internet. I'm on a weekly news podcast, so I pick up stuff because it's right there in front of me. It's in my face. I'm, I'm just embarrassed I didn't spot the uh, Hasbro thing earlier, but I, I just, I'm just not that interested in corporate... Uh, what do yeah. we call it? What was the euphemism? Operations. Not interesting corporate yeah. operations, but here we go. Mm-hmm. Okay. But yeah. going back to what Jess said um, a minute ago, what, what do you think this means for the hobby? For the hobby going mm. forward. Mm. So, this is my kind of feeling, and I'm trying to sort of put this into words on the fly here. So, mm. you know, I might ramble a little bit. But mm-hmm. basically, we're going into 2024 yes. with a new, not new edition mm-hmm. of DD yes. run by a company that has. You know, dwindling institutional memory yep. of D and D's, uh, or particularly Wizards' history, mm-hmm. and of the community and player base and things like that, with different, of a different set of priorities and a different viewpoint, run mm-hmm. by management that has come externally from places like Microsoft and other places like that. Mm-hmm. I th- I think what I don't know, I can't answer what I think is going to happen to the hobby. But as we touched on last week with the World Gardens and D and D Beyond and all that sort of mm-hmm. stuff. I do think we are going to see some big, big changes. Yeah. And I think, you know, in 10 years' time, we're going to be looking back at this and it's going to be a very different landscape. Yeah. I, I, I mean, like, I'm just looking at a post on Mastodon from Sly Flourish, mm. uh, which has popped up in my feed. He says, two things became clear to me recently. One, there is no Wizards of the Coast, only Hasbro. Two, D&D is a digital brand now. Uh, and it says, it's up to us to keep our hobby strong. Buy physical RPG books and PDFs direct from independent publishers. Don't become reliant on online digital tools. Use play- paper character sheets. Let players use options from non-Wizards of the Coast 5 books. Play other RPGs. What else can we do to strengthen our hobby from the whims of any single company? Mm. Yeah. That is... So, yeah, I, great summation. I, I agree. Yeah, I agree with all of that. Yeah. I think that yeah, I mean, we yeah. are still in a place... We're in a place now, and I think we will continue to be in the future, where... D&D is the big market leader, so what they do yeah. will shake the whole industry. They, they, they've yeah. got the branding, they've got the money behind it as well. It's even... But maybe not the people anymore. Well, I mean, they've got people buying the stuff. Have they got the... I mean, there's a lot, it's a very competitive designing industry. It's like, you know, mm-hmm. if, you, if you went on any random Twitter thing and did a poll and said, would you work for Wizards of the Coast? Most people would say yes. Mm, I think that is also, I mean, that kind of skews things a little bit because Mm. just of the nature of the hobby and stuff. Um, Like, what, having a job at the biggest design company? There are so many people lined up who would Mm. gladly go and work for Wizards. I would not not want to. (laughs) Well, don't worry. Sometimes nature is a way of protecting us from that sort of thing. (laughs) (laughs) I I, I had a... Self inspection. I was like, no, this, no. And I feel quite no, happy. Not that I was offered a job, just to be clear. I don't think. <laughs> not that I've been, you know, just to be clear. Yeah, but yeah, yeah like so it, you're it, telling like, me, wizards isn't headhunting you right yeah. now. Like, no, like, not wizards. Yeah. No. 
No. <laughs> oh, nice, nice. Yeah, like I, I mean, I, I, I thought about it, and I realised there was absolutely zero chance of me ever being offered a job. So that's why, that's why I talk about the bad side of D and D. A lot of designers think this way; they'll talk about it privately, but they won't like do anything publicly because there's mm. still that hope that they'll get employed. Mm. But yeah. So, yeah, yeah, it's a powerful yeah. thing. Um, I hope I have though. Is there's all these really talented, amazing people that worked mm. at Wizards that are now available for work, yes. and like Russ was saying earlier, maybe there'd be like MCDM or Paizo or companies that are in a position mm. where they can afford to hire people. Mm. Yeah, I wonder if they'll scoop them up, and we can see. I'm sure some of them. What other amazing things sure. that they some, they some can do. Will. Because I, I was looking at this, I was like, well, if we had the money to, I'd love to employ this person to do that and love to do that, you mm. know. And, you know, I'm just, I think it's very, I'm hoping that there's other parts mm. of the industry that can em- afford to employ these people mm. and we get to or see what amazing is, stuff that they do. If the history is anything to go by, what will tend to happen is some of them will be picked up by other companies like Paizo and so yeah. forth. Some of them will start their own yeah. ventures oh, um, in the hobby. But a lot of them, will leave the industry completely mm. and that'll be a loss to the industry because I hope that doesn't happen but yeah you know, uh, you know they'll, they'll go and work on video games or, or something else instead I, and it mm. is unusual in the TTRPG industry because people don't get hired back by the company uh, when mm. I'm saying layoffs scientifically are shown not to work that's what I'm talking about like people get like laid off and then they have to be hired at more money to come back and do the job yeah. yeah, it's uh, yeah. There's there's like you know, a lot of stuff about this. Yeah, I'm given to understand that um, Seattle or that area or Washington State mm. has some rules about hiring people back after laying them off mm-hmm. as freelancers as well. Mm. I yeah. believe I'm not I'm not going to state which I, means it's even less likely you're going to see them working on American employment law is state by state. Yeah, yeah, I mean you've got something like the Warn Act, which is why not all these 1,100 people will lose their jobs. Immediately, but it's mm. going to be phased out over the next year. Mm. Um, yeah, 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 yeah. Because there's only a certain percentage you can do at once or something. Isn't yeah, it? yeah, yeah, yeah. But but they have to be done now because mm. otherwise you can't claim the uh, things for your project excellence on your yeah. quarterly quarterly statements. How say? No, this is all like just Hasbro uh, Hasbro operating costs twenty twenty three. You'll see the things, uh, you'll see like the things, and then that'll give you keywords like Hasbro Blueprint and mm. Project Excellence, which you can then follow to find the original statement. And there's see, a, ironic, you know, the irony of calling it yeah. Project Excellence when they're going to lose Operation e- Excellence, sorry. Yeah, Operational, yeah. So it's, you know, uh, it's anyway. what it's a, it's a euphemism. Yeah. 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 Right what up there with collateral damage. Yeah, yeah. What a year for Wizards. It's like. Yeah. You know, starting with the OGL thing, mm-hmm. it's, then they have the AI art thing in the middle of the year, and uh, what other? They've had quite a few things happening this year. Yeah, um, like they the, had the Pinkertons. Yeah, yeah. Oh, the Pinkertons thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, from our point of view, has a TTRPG podcast who are people who care about TTRPGs rather than money. This looks like a wide and prolonged series of unforced errors where they're mm. just making a mess of things. And it is absolutely impenetrable. We don't know what they're mm. thinking. If you put on your, we only care about short-term profit and loss and share prices increasing, yeah, this is great. This AlterFox is 100% signed up on, um, like, they, they publicly declared that they are okay with this Blueprint 2.0. And they're, and they're 100% signed up for this uh, project excellent. They think it's a great idea. 
Yeah. Because well, Autofox in... was the shareholder group that wanted to spin Wizards off yes. into its own company. Yeah. Precisely. And the Ray Winninger. And now they're like, well, like doing all the MB correct things of specializing and, uh, quote, making the company leaner, which translates directly to cutting people's jobs. Yeah. Mm. Like that. that I, I, I don't. I don't like. I'm just translating from corporate speak into things yeah, that yeah, we understand. Yeah, 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 no. So I'm not trying to be. I'm not. I'm not I don't have an agenda to grind. This is not hidden knowledge. This, but it feels like from what I've read, like I've been reading the Ian World forums, and people are like, oh, well, yeah, it's just just one of those things you got to have. No, it's not one of those things. It's it's planned, and it's not just a. Te- mm. It's not a. You don't cut 1,100 jobs because the toy markets had a bit of a hiccup, and your latest mm. line of Furbies isn't doing so well. It's all part of like a structured set of layoffs. Yeah. 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 So Chris yeah. Cox, um, who is uh, CEO of Hasbro, mm-hmm. used to be of Wizards before before being promoted, mm-hmm. made nine million dollars this year mm-hmm. by all reports. Uh, One point something million of them as like salary and the rest of it in uh, stock and stuff. Mm-hmm. But about nine million dollars this year. Yeah, which basically is you know sort of nine people for ten years. Um, yeah. you could employ. He, he's got a hundred grand each, you know. It's he's got he's got seven million in performance bonus. Mm. Like you know, any 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 leader worth their salt would say, you know what? I think I'll straight bar my one point seven million. I will hand back my options, and mm. so I can keep people employed. But you know, that's that does that's not the sort me, of people we have. That makes leading me companies angry because for me, mm. good leadership is leading the way and if your company is in a place where you need to do layoffs for whatever reason Mm -hmm. you taking big bonuses at the top is just like salt in the wounds yeah yeah Yeah. because my the thing with leadership responsibility for me is that Mm. leadership should take the hit first on things like again it's not the same because it's not a corporation but i had my small business when my business wasn't doing well i didn't take a salary for four months because we couldn't afford to do that and i did that Mm. so it wouldn't hit my employees first because like mm. you have a when you employ people, you always mm. have a duty of care, you know, because you're, you're you're running their life, like really, it's their whole life. Yeah. People's in, in, you know income because capitalism, yeah. but that's a separate conversation. And in the US, even more so because their healthcare yeah. depends on it and all sorts of yeah, stuff. Yeah, which, yeah. There's, you know, there's not a safety net like we have in the UK <sighs> as much. Well, let's not let's not go into that because that's a whole other conversation. Duty of care is like a legal term. You. I think you're probably meaning moral duty. Maybe yes, yes, that yeah, is what you I have mean. moral duty. I would not, dis- yeah. would not dispute that at all. Yeah. But like I say, the, this is just the nature of the amorality which leads it. It's like yeah. the it's basically it's all about the short term. I that makes me really upset to hear that he's taken a big bonus in that because yeah, that would have yeah, we could have chosen not to, but that would have yeah. made his. Future employment prospects look worse or something, so I... I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. I think it's very, very sad for all the, you know, yes. the people that have been let yeah. down. I really, really hope that they land on their feet and, you know, it's... Yeah. It must be horrible. I mean, I'm, I'm I'm very lucky in that I haven't really worked for a large corporation in over 20 years, so, mm-hmm. you know, I've been kind of, like, not exposed to any of this sort of stuff, but mm-hmm. it must be... Absolutely nerve wracking working at Wizards today, not knowing if you're next. Mm. Or, you know, it must be yeah. horrible. Yeah, it's a terrible situation for people to be. Yeah, in. yeah, yeah. yeah. And especially when you live like Seattle's supposed to be incredibly expensive to live in as mm. well. Like rents and mortgages and stuff are presumably really, really high there as well. So losing your job there is 
Yeah. I'm not saying it's good anywhere, but it's, you know, it's, yeah. you know, it's not. Because a lot of people live yeah. month to month now. Like, yeah. the majority of people that are working are just living month to month and missing a paycheck yeah. is a serious thing. Yes. Yeah. yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, yeah, I don't know if there's anything we can really add to that. I mean, it's things happening. It's things ongoing. And I'm sure more more news is going to trickle in about that over the coming you know, weeks and months. Yeah. Well, I, I hope we can report on all the amazing things that these people that are no longer at Wizards are doing. So I mm. hope soon yeah. we can... I reckon we'll, see a, mm. we'll probably see some small studios pop up because that's happened before. Like Green Ronin was, mm. um, you know, Chris Pramus and things like that. And mm. um, Paito was... Um, yeah. Yeah. Lisa Stevens, I'm looking you know. forward to but reporting that. on that. Was that. That's what I'm excited yeah. to talk about. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, I think we've done it. We've covered it as much as we can so far. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Let's just hope the news doesn't get worse. Like, yeah. Well, but, like know, I say, pessimistic for next year. I, just based just, on like their actual printed statements and declarations goals, of intent. Yeah. So, yeah. aside from Wizards' fortunes themselves, how do you guys feel about the hobby at the moment? I feel that there's like quite a lot of churn in places, and people are like looking for new experiences mm-hmm. mm. i think there's like a huge amount of people who don't care about industry news mm-hmm. they're, not, they're not aware of it yeah. and i used to be one of those people i i I'd, I'd happily do whatever play whatever and it would mean nothing to me i wouldn't even have heard about it yeah. so like it would have affected my buying decisions or not buying decisions not one jot right because right. i would have no i'd have no knowledge about it so um, but of people who are aware, people who are online, like there is a, di- a growing dissatisfaction, and like a lot of people are saying that they would like to explore different alternatives. And on the whole, things have been civilized because mm. there's there's a lot of D and D players, and it's really hard for modern tabletop RPG players who've lived through times to really understand. Just how many new people have only ever played 5e mm-hmm. and never anything else? You don't even know that 5e is 5e, right? They don't know that the fifth edition of Dungeons and Dragons is the fifth edition, right? They just know it's Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, they literally, yeah, like, like I say, so, like, there's a lot of these people, and there's lots of places they can go if they have dissatisfactions. And it's like, you know, um, I like helping out people and telling them about like their options so when they say I like doing this and that I will direct them to where it goes and often mm-hmm. if they want if they're like oh well 5 is annoying me I'm like well level up has you covered um, if they like want more tactical I'm like well like Pathfinder 2nd Edition does have very good design for tactical combat it does do that really well and, and, and people are like more... I just want to float with my friends across the table and do that and it's like have you thought of Thirsty Sword Lesbians there's <laughs> <laughs> no. games should, for everyone should, should that come up yeah yeah exactly it's like a there's uh, lots of different options out there. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, I kind of feel like D&D is very much going to become, a, I mean, you've said this a lot before, Peter, as well, a digital first. But it won't It no. won't become digital only, no. but it will become digital first. And the books will be kind of more for collectors mm. and also won't necessarily be... I, I said um, it was... As up to date as the, as, as, as the online stuff. This is an incredibly unpopular opinion. I mean, it's just bloody obvious. Mm. Like I said, it was moving towards digital. We should look at ways to make things. And people got so hung up on the moving towards digital. They're like, it'll never go to just digital. It's like, whoa. 
Ooh. It won't get just digital, but yeah. it will become digital first. And I, I think, think like, that become the, the focus. Yeah. That doesn't make sense, and it's good in some ways because it makes games accessible for a lot of people. Because yeah. a lot of people can't play in person yeah. for a variety of reasons, yeah. and I love that that option's there. And people have problems with maths. Oh yes. Like even just basic simple things like, mm-hmm. but but again, a lot of that I feel. The TTRPG industry. I've said it before. I say it again. And I'll I'll stop saying it. Right when people start listening, which is the character sheets are your user interface design for your game. If you can't learn how to play the game from the character sheet, then you know there is a problem there. Mm. It's got to be fun to use, fun and easy to use, and yeah. that, yeah. that that's why I put my stuff anyway. For my yeah. thoughts on the hobby this year, I mm-hmm. was pleasantly surprised the number of people that cared about the OGL situation in January. Because much like Mm -hmm. you were saying, Peter, I know Mm. that there's the hobby is growing, but a lot of people don't keep up with the news side. And and also, why should they? I don't think this is a bad thing. I think that's perfectly fair enough to you find a game you like and you go play it. And thank you very much. That's that's what it is. I was surprised by the number of people that actually cared about what the OGL was, knew what it was, understood the impact, listened and said something about it. So I was really pleasantly Mm. surprised. Because I knew that in my little echo chamber, because a lot of my friends and people I know are indeed tabletop RPG publishers or, or work in the industry. So I was like, I know we're all going to be outraged. But I was surprised that general public, you know, GMs that just run the game for their friends and it's a hobby thing, were also outraged by it. I was mm. I was really pleasantly surprised to see that was the case. And it was really nice. And yeah. also it was really nice because I know we noticed it at EN, but a lot of other people did a lot of people put their money where their mouth was and in January went and bought other systems. So I know Mm. loads of uh, independent publishers like us or, you know, other 5e publishers or ones that do alternative systems had a really good January because everyone went, okay, we're going to go and support these other publishers and buy new games and try stuff. And I think there is more and more, because there's always been a reluctance to try new systems for all the obvious reasons we've talked about before, but I like to think there's a slow creep of people that are championing other systems and championing the concept of have you tried this and exactly what you were saying peter like oh you you don't like this about it have you tried this one have you tried this one i think there's a growing number of those people and the more of those people that exist the more likely i feel feel these days it is more centrally focused around D than it was say in the 90s oh yeah you know it's not you know we have had times when D&D was always pretty much number one, apart from a couple of times where it, yeah. it slipped a bit. But yeah. it's always pretty much been number one. But I, I feel like other games, especially in like the 90s, were a much bigger thing. Whereas these days, D&D is so synonymous with the hobby now. Yeah. And it's such the, such the like mm. 90% of it kind of thing yes. now. That, I don't know. I think it's worse, not better. I don't know. I do think it is worse right now. I do agree, in my mind, to simplify yeah. it with Star Wars... Wizards of the Coast does mm. feel like the Empire. And they mm. have the dominance, they are in power, they are ruling the galaxy, but I do think the Rebel Alliance is growing <laughs> as a little mm. analogy for it. I do I yeah. do feel it is. And I don't know if that's my little echo chamber because I do the podcast, not D&D. Mm. <laughs> Maybe it's my echo chambers yeah. and who I spend time yeah, with. Maybe. But mm-hmm. there is a Rebel Alliance. And yeah. Well, from another perspective though, Peter, you running the running a game club. Yes. Um, and you've, you've mentioned before that a lot of the time people just turn up and they just want to play D and D. Yes. Generally speaking, when when I go down there, there'll be like um, the last few times at least, there's been two tables of D and D. Well, one of them's level up, but like D and D or D and D. Yeah. I yeah. mean, what what what's the basic version? Uh, and what's the advanced? And then one small one of about four four to five people playing 
a different game than yeah. Blades in the Dark, which is one I tend to be mm-hmm. on, hmm. just because you know I yeah. like to try different things down there. That's kind of my yeah. my uh, that's good. One of my reasons for going. I mean, would you say the from that perspective, people are like, what percentage of people coming in saying I want to play D and D, and that's it? Um, I mean, for a lot of people saying oh, I'll play D and D. Is always something where I'm like, yeah, sure, you can come along and play D and D, and then it's a case of, do you actually know what you're saying? Mm. Which I know yeah. is a dreadfully rude thing to say, but like for a lot of people, using D and D has the generic term for tabletop RPG. Right, right. Yeah. Yes, that's yeah, yeah. I think it's exactly that. that. So you get, so you so you run them a game of Savage Worlds, and they go home and say, let's have a great game of D and D, sort of thing. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, 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 can happen. I mean, someone was I saw someone online saying that they hadn't realised that D&D was, then, was actually something other than like a general social activity. It's like, oh, mm. you can start playing t- tabletop RPGs. Here's a link to a thousand-year-old vampire. You can start playing at home straight away. Because, mm. <laughs> yeah, I'm fun that way. Yeah. 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 Well, anyway, 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 we should probably wrap this up. Yeah. yeah. I don't think we're going to solve anything else here. No. Um, no. And we'll just keep people updated as more and more news yes. comes in, because it will do over the coming weeks and months. Unfortunately, we can't solve Hopefully this. it won't get worse. No. The best solve for it would be if we had lots of money, we could just hire all 1,100 people. That would be cool. Yeah. But that's not what... We can't do No, that. no, we can't. <laughs> in fact, we can't afford to hire one of them. Yeah, <laughs> I know. We're having discussions about, can we hire 1,000? No, we cannot. Okay, good. <laughs> good. He's good. Anyway. Yeah. Anyway, 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 anyway. Yeah, so, yeah, that's it. We're done. Yeah. We're done. Okay, so we'll be, back. we'll be back next week for the last one of the year. Happy holidays. Apparently I now have to read this to you. This is the official podcast of Morris's unofficial tabletop RPG news, which you can find at enworld.org. You can find show notes at morris.podbean.com or wherever you found the podcast. If you feel like they deserve it, you can support the show on Patreon. In return, you will receive exclusive bonus content. Just go to patreon.com slash morris. If you're interested in his babbling nonsense, you can follow at Morris on the Twitter. Send your emails to morrispodcast at gmail.com. Not all of your emails, just the ones you want us to see. Mm, That's it. I'm bored now. You can go away. Shoo, off you go. Goodbye. Get out of here. In non-TTRPG news, I did my nails and I feel about 50% more competent in my life. In non-TTRPG... <laughs> this podcast is going to be so great. Players, I can feel it. We're all we're all on it today. I I I did not do my nails, as, as you can see, but I did bite them quite a bit. Does that count? It does. It make you feel more. Morris is an official. Yeah, Morris is an official <laughs> tabletop RPG talk. Abramos English, a key. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>